There's no doubt that nature has always played a huge role in the lives of humans. And I think that mainly this is for two reasons. On the one hand, we have that nature is our home and is a food provider. But nature can also have this other side. It can be a scary place due to things like tempests, uh, floods, drought, fire, and even dangerous animals. So this is something that has always been present in the life of humans from the very beginning, creating folklore, creating stories, creating all these um, group of um, ideas, myths, you name it. And this is not different from what happened later on when the Romantics recovered these aspects of nature. Now we're going to have to start thinking about something that I'm going to tell you later on about the sublime, if you remember what the sublime is. And this is precisely what I want to tell you, what I want to talk to you about today. In our episode 12 from Alice in Gothic Land, uh, Gothic Breakrooms, I want to tell you about the ancient role of nature in Gothic literature. So if you are super interested in this topic, as always, pen and paper, sit down comfortably because this is going to be a bit longer than normal, but it's going to be full of information. Get ready, my friend. Gothic friend, this is Alice and you are in Gothic Land, a place where you learn about your true self and discover all about your identity. And today in episode 12, I want to talk to you about the ancient role of nature in Gothic literature, as I was telling you in the introduction. But first of all, I want to thank you all for subscribing. I want to thank you all for being here and following me these videos on um, these videos every week. And um, I hope that you are enjoying it. In these last videos, I've been talking about nature, the Celtic Wheel of Time. We've been talking about how everything affects us and how, you know, everything around us affects us and how we see that in literature and how we've been seeing these elements in Gothic literature from the very beginning and before that as well. So in today's video, what I want to tell you is how this nature following a little bit what we did on the previous video, in episode 11, where we were talking about the portals, the eight Celtic portals, and which of those elements from the portals we still uh, follow, we have inherited, and we see in Gothic literature. So following that path, today we're going to be analysing this nature and this duality that is so typical in the Gothic, the good side of things and the bad side of things, so good and evil in, in nature as well. But before we go into details, uh, I want to remind you that uh, for those who want to be more updated with what I'm doing here and you have to you want to have a lot more information, you can subscribe to my newsletter, which is a monthly newsletter called You Are Gothic But You Don't Know It, where I tell you everything about the Gothic, what I'm doing in this space, and I keep you updated. How to get to my newsletter is very easy. You only have to go to my webpage, 
gothicalis.com and you just have to click there in the subscribe button and I will tell you all about your journey in the gothic space. So now, yes, let's go back to our today's topic in Alice in Gothic Land uh, in these gothic breadcrumbs that I have ready for you. A lot of the romantic writers, poets, and then later on in Victorian times, we find that nature was a great source of inspiration for these artists. And one of the aspects that we have to highlight from nature is this aspect of the sublime. If you don't remember what the sublime is, just to give you a very quick explanation, the sublime is the sensation defined, mainly given to Edmund Burke, but if you watch one of my other videos, where I was telling you all about identity and I was telling you about the different areas of the Gothic and I dedicated a space um, to develop the idea of the sublime, its origins and everything. I will leave you all the, the information here on, on the screen so you can click on that too. But basically what the sublime is, is this sensation of awe that we have. If you think about that, and I have this picture on the screen right now, if you think about it, think about yourself on the top of a mountain and the sensations that you get. You get this sensation of um, this overwhelming feeling of feeling tiny, feeling really small, to feel or feeling that nature is a lot bigger than we are. And this also causes fear. So if we in the gothic space fear is a very important uh, aspect of it so this the sublime is something that is being given by nature so it goes hand in hand so as i was saying before for the romantics this is a very important aspect and this is something that not only i say that or in the academia when you're studying about the gothic or the or romanticism also, there's an essay by um, Ignacio González Almodóvar called Nature in Gothic and Romantic Literature that he has these two quotes that I think are very important for what we're talking about today. And the first one says that nature became a central motif in literature in the Romantic period, but also the Romantic artists saw a powerful mystery in nature which challenged established artistic conventions. So some examples of these is what Ignacio gives us in this essay. On the one hand, he mentions a few more, but I'm going to concentrate on two or three and you're going to see why. On the one hand, we have our William Wordsworth, who said the following. He said, to go back to nature, for man and nature are essentially adapted to each other. The mind of man is the mirror of nature. So this is a very important statement that already says, okay, let's go back to the origins which is not very different from the Celts, and this is what we're going to see in a moment. But another author that also talked about nature in his uh, poetry and in his work was William Blake. And William Blake said the following, that in the echoing green from Songs of Innocence, Blake compares human life with the course of a day and structures the poem so that the dawn represents the beginning of life super important this and the sunset represents the end of life and if you've been following all my videos up to now these videos connected to nature the celtic origins and traditions you will realize how close to something from the book the celtic wheel of the year this book that we've been working on since the beginning how the connection is there since the very beginning so for the celts 
for the way traditions were carried out, carried out and how they celebrated the seasons and they celebrated the events of the year, we have the following text. It says, fertility, birth, growth and death were repeating patterns that waxed and waned and human beings consciously identified with these patterns, finding comfort and hope in the repetition. So remember this circularity and this repetition that we were talking about in the previous videos? This again is, is there, is once more there, and we can escape it, which again causes this sensation, this unease, so typical from the Gothic. And that when we're reading, sometimes we, we can, you know, we, we don't really think about it much. Uh, but it's there. So the Gothic is not just about the monsters and the fear and the being feeling threatened. It's also this threat, be, feeling threatened by something as normal and as homey as nature as nature can be. Um, so again, this is really telling us that we always go back in this circularity, in this cir circular movement. We keep going back to what our ancestors already saw. And for the Romantics and then for the dark Romanticism, it became a claustrophobic space uh, that you can't not escape. To give you a precise a quote or a more specific example, uh, I've selected for today one of my favorites, Wuthering Heights, because their nature is very clearly like another character and, and all the, the other characters kind of work around and evolve around nature. And nature is also this kind of frame. So, and I think it's a very clear example of uh, to see the impact. So what I'm gonna read for you now is one of the quotes that we have in the introductory paragraph of the book in the Oxford um, version, which is a little bit ancient, I know, but it's the one that I have. So in case you wanted to look for this one and read the whole introduction. In this introduction, what we have is the following. Um, we have that the novel is seen, this novel, is seen as a parable of natural equilibrium disturbed by an external force. In the turbulence that follows Heathcliff's arrival, Catherine, a child of a storm, super important, despite her affinity with Heathcliff, is provoked into her unnatural marriage by Edgar Linton. Sorry, with Edgar Linton, the child of calm. What Cecil calls the cosmic order. It's only restablished when Heathcliff's assimilated to the body of nature. I mean, this has all the elements that we're actually looking for. We, just with these, we can already see how not just that Emily Bronte, she drank from the Romantics, but that she also was in this Gothic space, in this dark Romanticism, or really in the Gothic. And, and she was influenced, but she was also transitioning to the Victorian times. So we have that her her work is a result of the time she lived in and what was influencing her at the time. But also because if you think about where she lived, uh, Haworth is a place that actually represents very well these, uh, this wild nature, this welcoming the homey part of it, but also the roof moments, the the, you know, if you've ever been to that area, uh, I live nearby at some point, and it actually makes you feel like when you're reading the book, the descriptions of the landscape, even though uh, there's arguments that there's no much description of the landscape, you can actually see when you're there, visualize the story of 
Catherine Heathcliff because of where the writers uh, the writer uh, was um, was from and it's beautiful because we have through the characters we have her perception of nature and we have this motherly side and at the same time we have this scary side there are other paragraphs there are other parts in this introduction and as you go through the book that we could be quoting and we could see how uh, Heathcliff also his name is connected to nature how the other characters names are connected to nature but if you want to know more about that this is what you will find when uh, you subscribe to my newsletter newsletter and then you will have access to the magazine that i'm creating and that is coming out in june so if you want to know more about that don't don't miss the space either so i'm going to connect this now with this trend or this subgenre within the genre of gothic literature which is eco-gothic and after having read a few papers and after having been following the main people in the space, um, for me, I'm going to give you my version of what the eco-gothic is. Because at the end of the day, what we have is that nature also rebels. If we're talking about nature as another character that we can see for many writers that this is so, and this is where we find the also the feeling of um, this sublimity, but we also find uh, that it's uncanny, we find uh, otherness in it, we also find estrangement. So we have these ghostly landscapes, you know, there are a lot of elements that we find in the Gothic. And also because a lot of the stories are based oh, in, in this kind of wild, aggressive uh, nature that we cannot control. So this is my version of what the eco-gothic is and why I think this is important for our video today. So for me, the eco-gothic is, it comes down to us fearing this rebellious nature in terms of payback time due to what we have been doing to our planet for years. We can see this not only in the obvious consequences of global warming, but also on a smaller scale in the places we call home. When humans abandon their ostentatious constructions due to death, bankruptcy or disinterest, nature claims back its right, crawling back inside its own skin, creating godly images that override and swallow any human action at its own pace. And this is actually my own doing. It's my own opinion about the eco-gothic, which there's a lot more to it and it's very important that we are aware of this side of the gothic when we look into nature is a new label a pretty new label but it's also something that's always been there i want to leave this here because there's a lot to think about even though it's a short video i thought it was going to take us longer but we have everything in the slides like the specific information that i want you to have and i want to leave you with two questions the first question is if you can actually think of a book, poem, film or series where nature plays a central role and I'm sure you'll be able to think of a lot of examples because nature is in most, in a lot of places and I would like to know your opinion. But also the second question is and how is this, yeah, how is this role that nature plays? So please leave me your comments below here on the video or if you prefer you can write to me and send me an email to alicegothicland at gmail.com and tell me your impressions, tell me all the books that you've read where you have uh, detected nature, uh, you've detected this behavior, this 
um, duality that nature has. That on the one hand, it protects us, it looks after us, it nurtures us, but at the same time, it can be this wild woman. And you can start thinking even in cartoons. I don't, I'm not going to tell you anything today, right now, because I want you to think and I want you to give me your answers. And if you want to know more, remember that in June, I'm going to be launching my first magazine, my first um, magazine where I'm just going to use articles, uh, extending the information on these videos and all the extra things. This is going to come out in June, as I said. So if you want to know more about this content, you just have to subscribe to my newsletter that you will find when you visit my webpage, gothicalis.com. And also, if you have liked this video, don't forget to like, to subscribe, to click on the bell, to share with people that you think might be interested and that might find this useful, to comment and to follow. And okay, my friend, I hope that this has been useful, that you now have a new view um, about nature, that you think about it in a different way. Think about all the elements that I haven't developed here, that like floods, fire, earth, droughts, wind, anything, anything that nature can bring and you are going to start thinking of novels or things that you've seen on TV and programs, etc, etc. So next week is the last video of the month of May and that will mean that I'm going to be closing this Celtic wheel for the month of May, and then we're going to start going into June, which is what I'm going to elaborate adults on the magazine. We're going to start diving into what happens into June. Fire is going to have a super important role. It did have it in May, but now when we got to, Ju to June, it's going to continue that way. And we're going to be facing one of the portals. So I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to make you think. Go back to the previous videos if you haven't seen them. I hope you liked it, that you've enjoyed it. And as always, you can donate in coffee, you can subscribe and you can do all those wonderful things that I keep repeating and I'm very annoying, I know. But I hope that you have a lovely week. Be very gothic, my friend, and enjoy it. Bye.